This call is being recorded. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. First and foremost, everybody, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, all that good stuff. Um, but with the Browns playing Christmas Day, we got work to do and going to continue to do so. So your host, Jeff Lloyd of Locked On Browns, joined today, first time, um, and actually, you know, you thumb, you thumb through social media. You find guys who are looking to talk a little ball, so yeah, you jump on the opportunity when you got it here. But former Ohio State Buckeye, one time Cleveland Brown, I guess that can apply to almost most of the teams in the NFL, um, and even Canada, uh, Mr. Tyvis Powell. First things first, Tyvis, appreciate you taking some time here out for us today. Second of all, happy holidays, all that good stuff. But, you know, first and foremost, why don't you let everybody know, you know, where you're at right now, you know, how life treating you, how's everything going? Well, right now I'm currently living in Worcester, Ohio. Uh, you know, I do radio for WFAN, The Fan. You can catch me on 97.1, The Fan. I usually do the Buckeye shows. I still do Ohio State's pregame shows. Uh, we got one more to go, obviously, for the Rose Bowl. Um, yeah, right now I'm just enjoying being a dad. Uh, my daughter is 17 months. I have another one on the way. She's due May 2nd. So I am officially and truly a girl dad. Well, from one to another, Tyvis, and mine are actually 15 and about to be 14. Um, so the one thing I can tell you is, you know, for the next decade of your life, it's pretty much spoken for. But after that, you know, maybe we can start getting, uh, you know, maybe having dinners out um, and, you know, those types of things. Um, but truly, there is nothing better. For me, I always thought I'd have boys, but I think now it probably worked out better because, you know, if they weren't throwing spirals or, you know, running for 250 yards a game, maybe be a little disappointed. When you got a daughter, you kind of just, you know, take what comes with it, and then there's nothing better with that. I tell you what, you brought it up, though, so why don't we do that real quick for the fans here. Uh, you know, headed into the Rose Bowl, and the first thing right now with all of these bowl games um, is obviously making sure that, you know, teams are going to be able to go. But the matchup itself, you know, Ohio State, Utah, two differently aspects of basically how two teams get it done. Um, Utah, it's it, it's not really about setting the world on fire. It's about doing the basics, blocking, running the ball, tackling. Um, so this makes for a really, really interesting matchup. You know, Ohio State, I guess to this point, everybody who maybe has one foot out the door as far as the NFL draft, everybody seems to be on board as far as playing in this ball game for the Buckeyes. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we're still waiting to see what the wide receivers is going to do. I mean, you know, obviously, Chris Olave, this is his last season, and Garrett Wilson is a guy who we, we waiting to see if he's going to play or not. You know, obviously, if those two play, it'd be a huge help. But I do think Ohio State have, you know, they got a lot of weapons still left. Obviously, they do a great job of recruiting and not only recruiting, but developing them. So I think we'll be all right. But it, obviously, if we have our two main wide receivers, <laughs> it should be a, they should come out and play lights out. Especially after the you know the team of North game where they received a lot of criticism for their physical play, you know I, I, what I'm hearing around the program is that practice has been a lot more physical lately, and that's one thing that the defense is uh, really taking a toll on. They really, you know, people are calling them soft, saying they not physical and all that. And they're taking it personally, so I think to beat this Utah team, that's what they're going to have to bring out there. They're going to have to be physical, and they're going to have to be able to run the ball because that's what Utah wants to do. They're a physical team. They beat Oregon, you know, the team that beat Ohio State. And they not only did they beat them, they beat them really good. So I think this would be a test. I mean, if they come out there, if Ohio State can come out there and play physical and run the ball effectively and get this win, it'll put a lot of us Ohio State fans at ease, you know, moving forward. Yeah, and that's going to be the and one maybe advantage here for Ohio State is you're going into a, an opponent that's pretty much similar 
to, you know, the last game you played and, you know, in playing Michigan in that fact, you know, a team that likes to run the ball physical, you know, those types of things does the intangibles well, as opposed to, you know, basically lighting up the scoreboard for the tune of, you know, 50, 60 per week. Um, so that's going to be uh, interesting getting into more Brown specific here. And look, it's obviously been a difficult period here for the Browns. Um, you know, the season itself, you know, has had its ups and downs. Um, then you get into a scenario here where your season's all of a sudden, you know, starting to get closer and closer to be on the line. And you get the word each and every day. Okay, here's six guys out. Here's another six guys out. Here's another six guys out. But luckily for the Browns, the window which affected the Raider game is going to be pretty much open now to get these guys back in as everybody's going to qualify here under the 10th day. So te- technically they don't have to, you know, test negative. They've done their 10 days, so they're back in the building regardless. It may mean Baker Mayfield's going to find it his own way to Green Bay, Wisconsin for Saturday. That's how crazy this stuff gets. Um, but this is one thing I wanted to bring up. Ty, now, it, when we're talking about Baker Mayfield and some of these guys who missed the Raider game, I did, sat down and did the math yesterday. These guys are going to go into a late December football game, and they've only played one game in 27 days. The way the bye week worked, the first Raven game in Baltimore, then the bye, they all played the second Raven game, didn't play the Raider game. So if you're trying to look for maybe a little bit of a silver lining, they're going into this game. A lot of these guys are going to be as fresh as they've been probably since September. Well, I mean, yeah, when, think, when you say it like that, I mean, the number one person that comes to mind is Baker. I mean, Baker has been dealing with all those injuries. You know, he got the torn labrum. He got the foot. He got the knee. He got all these nagging injuries. So, you know, these, this if he had 27 days to rest – I mean, it's not going to heal a torn labrum, but it might heal some of those other nagging injuries that's been affecting him. So I think he is the one who benefits the most uh, from being having all this time off, you know, with, you know, going back to the Raider game. I think they definitely could have used Baker in that game. I mean, when it, you think about the last drive, the last possession they had where they ran the ball three straight times, I think if Baker Mayfield is the quarterback in that game, I think obviously we're going to pass it one, at least one time. I don't know why. I mean, I kind of understand why they gave it to Nick Chubb. I mean, you know, at that in that offense at that time and at that moment, he's the guy that's been proven. You know, Nick Chubb usually can pull three yards a pop. And, you know, when it, when it was third and three, I want to say, you know, you would think he would be able to get those three yards. But everybody in America knew that you was going to give him the ball. So that's why they just kind of stacked the box. So it would be good to see Baker Mayfield come back. I mean, hopefully, you know, he gets back to the guy that we seen at towards the end of last season because I think that's what they're going to need if they need, they're going to pull this upset. Yeah, I mean, I got to be honest. I would have liked, you know, something with some sort of run-pass option. The one thing you didn't see Nick Mullins do at all in that game was take off of the ball in his hands. Uh, you know, so maybe give him the opportunity where he get out on the edge, and if you got to give the old wave to the guy in front of you who's open and just make sure you get a body out of body, uh, I'll find some way to get this, you know, nine and a half feet, so to speak, to make sure we get this first down. And plus, his overall play, I mean, I think he did a lot more than most people anticipated he was going to be able to do. So in that opportunity, maybe the opportunity to put the ball in your quarterback's hands for all he had done to that point, you know, hey, I mean, but we can sit here and split hairs about, you know, six other losses this year for the Browns and maybe find a key defining moment where something could have changed. So that's always a difficult spot. But you're going in here to play Green Bay and, you know, there's usually like, you know, a recipe with, you know, dealing with, you know, trying to pull off an upset of this magnitude. Eight over one, it's a very, very difficult place to play. Basically, the only thing that goes on in Green Bay, Wisconsin, <laughs> is essentially the Green Bay Packers. Um, but you're facing, you know, wherever you want to put Aaron Rodgers all time. Mm-hmm. Now, there are 
some issues possibly with the wide receiver room. Um, but if Devontae Adams is still there, I don't think it really matters which other ones necessarily aren't. <laughs> They've got a good run game. You've got a nice mix similar to what the Browns do with Aaron Jones, certainly with uh, you know a guy like A.J. Dillon, who's just, you know, I, I don't know where guys like him come from, 240 pounds run four four and just you know knees and all, all basically you see his knees so even if you get a good hit on him most likely you're going to take a knee to the jaw but talk about you just going into this you know and the recipe of, of you know perfection and what's needed to pull off an upset like this well i think when you go back and you look at you know the three losses that the packers have besides the kansas city one because you know that was that was COVID related um you you look at the quarterbacks that they played, they all had really good games. And even in games that they struggled again, even the games that came down to the last minute, like San Francisco game, you know, Jimmy had a great game. Um, who else did they, they lost to? Uh, I think they played the, the Minnesota Vikings. I think Kirk Cousins had a great game when they played the Rams. Stafford had a pretty good game. So I think it comes down to our quarterback play. I mean, they do a fairly good job of stopping the run. I mean, I don't think they really gave up over 100 yards a lot of times this year. Um, I went back and I looked at, you know, the, the defenses and the defenses are pretty similar. You know, they're, they're giving up about the same amount of passing yards as us and about the same amount of rushing yards as us. So it's all pretty close. They're not scoring that many more points. I think they score maybe five or six more points a game than us. So it's all, it's not, uh, one-sided as you think, you know, it's not one of those games that, you know, it's, it's overwhelming and it's impossible to win. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is definitely playing at an MVP level right now. I mean, <laughs> the guy is definitely lights out. Uh, he's definitely going to find a way to get things done. I think, you know, if, if we can get, I mean, obviously with the loss of Tack McKinley, that's going to hurt us on defense. Uh, Jadavia, I could come back and we can, Miles Garrett could find a way to play, be effective even with the groin injury. He's going to have to apply a lot of pressure to Aaron Rodgers. If he can get that done, you know, that will all obviously it'll help the secondary be able to contain Devontae Adams. And as far as our offense goes, I think we just need to do a great job of trying to run the ball with Nick Chubb. Um, make sure Baker, you know, start Baker off slow. Don't really try to rush him in there. You know, make sure he gets those little dink and dunk passes to warm the arm up. But I think he is, ultimately is going to have to come down to him. He's going to have to have a, a really good game where he's really delivering that football and making plays with his arm. Um, and one thing, you know, Malik McDowell will be back for this one. And I know a lot of people have questions about the defensive end spot. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe see some Malik McDowell getting some outside pass rush reps this week. Cause look, Joe Jackson, Porter Gustin, they're good in their roles, but these guys essentially are third and fourth defensive ends for a reason. So something to keep your eye on might be Malik McDowell getting some pass rush snaps from the outside using his length. Hopefully maybe something to create a little bit of a diversion to distraction to the normal harmony that Aaron Rodgers does play with. And with this, now I want to take you back to the defensive back that you are. You see this Browns team and you watch the film and everybody, this is what went on last year. When you know a team is going to feature the running game and you kind of look at their wide receivers and you want, you know, Kansas City started it last year in the playoffs. I don't know if anybody scares the death out of us. So guess what? (coughs) Nobody scares the death out of us. We're creeping up and we're going to keep creeping up. We're going to keep creeping up. And this is the one thing, and, you know, certainly if it had worked out with Odell, this could have been, you know, the recipe to all this. But it's not even about beating a defense one steep and maybe drawing a DPI. You're going to have to do it two, three times before this defense says, all right, we can't do this anymore. But this is going to be the key to it. It's not that Nick Chubb isn't playing well. It's not that the offensive line isn't playing well. 
there's you can only do so much when you got 22 people in the same area. Absolutely. I mean, like I say, it's, it's going to come down to them wide receivers. I will say, you know, DPJ, he's been up and down. You know, he's been the guy who, you know, one week he looks lights out. Last week, I mean, he dropped a lot of balls, but, you know, in crunch time, he showed up. So yeah, that, that was, yeah, that was, that was big. I mean, I, I think we're getting Jarvis back for this game. You know, yep. Jarvis, Jarvis back in the Jarvis is in, He's not going to blow the top off of anybody, but he does run great routes and he's a physical runner. I think, I think Jarvis would be like kind of like the key. You got to use him kind of, kind of like a Debo Samuel. You know, I think Jarvis has always been best when he has the ball in his hands. You know, he, he was known in Miami to me for taking drag routes, you know, you get him the ball on the drag route. And he was so physical as a runner that that's what made him, you know, because I think he broke a lot of tackles. And I think the Browns have kind of went away from that. You know, they're trying to make him into, you know, this this great route running receiver. And I don't think that's what his game is. But I think that he's going to have to play physical in this game. I mean, because, you know, they're kind of banged up in the secondary as well. Um, he's definitely got to make some plays there. You know, DPJ is always good for a double move a game. It's just about the, the ball delivery. Baker has to make sure he gets the ball there. So I'm sure they'll get a deep ball off on that. But outside of that, that's all right. <laughs> I mean, Higgy is Higgy's a possession receiver. He ain't going to blow the top off anybody. And I think that's kind of where the defenses are. It's like nobody, like you said, nobody's going to scare us on the, at, at the receiver position. But I do think the Browns can out-scheme them and out-physical this Green Bay team. Oh, it's it's certainly you know something they're going to have to do. And look, you know Baker at times last year that was was able to make the difference. You know a couple of you know deep balls here, and look this time of the year everybody's looking to run the ball here. So you kind of have to understand that's going. We're chatting here with Tyvis Powell on your latest Locked On Browns as Browns are getting ready to travel to Green Bay, Wisconsin. Here we got more coming. We're going to talk a little Packers. We're going to poke Tyvis' brain a little bit here, see maybe what happened down in Jacksonville. Uh, we're an opportunity. And look, anybody who's trying to take a rah-rah or trying to say, oh, we all saw this coming, I think we all kind of saw it coming. But maybe Tyvis can shed some light here as to what actually happened with the issues down with Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better. But traditional fantasy sports are long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you are up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in the head-to-head fantasy matchup where the winner takes all. Here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play, and you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. This never-before-seen innovation of fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clicking odds that are four times better. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. With Stat Hero, you are in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for. And Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they are daring you to beat them. Stat Hero is head to head, is what daily fantasy sports should be one on one winner take all. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on, all caps, no space, using the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Again, stathero.com. Slash locked on promo code locked on. Again, we are sitting here with former Buckeye, former NFLer, former Cleveland Brown, and actually had a little cup of what kind of is the foundation of this Browns now in Miles Garrett, uh, David Njoku. Of course, Jarrell Peppers was there for a little bit back in those days as well. Certainly, Mr. Joel Batonio, but obviously a huge, huge flip here looking to this Green Bay Packers team. And it's crazy because they have like two or three prominent players who aren't even back yet. 
So, you know, they have this going for them when they need it. They've already clinched their division. Obviously, the key for them is to get the playoffs to go through Green Bay, Wisconsin. Didn't work for him last year. Um, but, you know, it's not very rare. Keep in mind, oh, it was also 35 degrees in the NFC Championship game last year, which is usually not what you want in Green Bay, Wisconsin. You're usually hoping for a little bit better than that. But talk about this Packers team. And it always seems – and, look, I think we just got to the point where Aaron Rodgers, look, he's just that guy. He's always cranky. He's never happy. Um, and, look, he can do all this window <laughs> shopping. He wants to 31 and other NFL franchises. Uh, sometimes, you know, maybe looking around, you realize the best thing you have is maybe what you have at home. Um, oh, man, why do they keep, you know, they, oh, they keep spending on defense. They keep spending on defense. Why? Because you take no-name tight ends and no-name wide receivers and you turn them into players. So they don't have to spend highly on them. Uh, but a little about, about this Packers team and, you know, as they are, you know, starting basically maybe to separate themselves from, you know, some of the other pack in the NFC here, Titus. Yeah, well, like like you said, it always starts with Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Rodgers is, like I say, he's he's just the magician with the ball. I mean, he's special. I definitely had the chance to, to watch him live my rookie year in Seattle, and I was just like, I was impressed. I was like, man, he, he really is what they say he is. You know, the guy really just throw dimes out there. I mean, you go and you take it out to Devontae Adams, a guy who just – he can't be checked one-on-one. I mean, the guy literally has to he, – he demands two to three eyes every play. I mean, one-on-one is is suicide. Um, if I'll tell you what, if Denzel can find a way to get it done, and he knows something that nobody else has done, it'll definitely, 100%. Help, it'll definitely help you with your payday that you're trying to get. Um, outside of outside of Devontae Adams, I mean, you got you got MVS, you know, Marquise Valdez Scantlin, who comes in and he just blows the top off. He, I mean, he's one of those guys, not every week now, he ain't gonna show up every week, but when he does, he is very effective in those games and he definitely knows how to make those big plays. You take it to the run, running backs, you got Aaron Jones who just Mr. Everything. He can run the ball. He catches really well out the backfield. He routes up linebackers. And then you got A.J. Dillon who comes in and gets those tough, gritty yards. And, you know, those are basically turning into a, a very good one-two punch. Now, tight ends-wise, I mean, he he done went from Tunyon to Lewis. And I think – I want to say all of them got hurt, right? Oh, he's not a – all his tight ends is hurt, but it doesn't matter because it's, it, it's, as long as you can run a decent route, he's going to find a way to thread the needle in there. So that you got that going for you. It's, it's, it's very tough to try to figure out a way to stop them because all of them are all special and unique, and they can beat you in so many different ways. And I think that's what makes this Green Bay team so dangerous. And what are the surprises here? Um, and, you know, they signed the Smith brothers a couple of years ago. And at the same time when they signed them, they spent a first round pick. Um, and we'll bring up the team from up north. I'm Rashawn Gary. Uh, at the time, it seemed like an odd draft choice because you basically just put a boatload of money into outside edge rushers and free agency. But look, you can never have enough of them. And Rashawn Gary, for the first part of his career in Green Bay, it, it really wasn't going well. Um, right. This year, with effort, with the opportunity for more playing time. Now all of a sudden you're looking at yet another pass rusher for this team. They're going to add obviously Zadarius Smith here soon, you know, in the next couple of weeks as they close out the regular season, go into the, the postseason. You don't have a Jairi Alexander right now. All right. Well, first round pick Eric Stokes has jumped in and you know, he's not just looked like a first round pick. He's looked like a true bonafide CB one. And this is, basically just the talk of the NFL. I mean, look, you may not have room. And I know so many times acquisitions don't make sense to fans or even people looking at it. But even now, obviously with COVID still rampant in the league, you have no idea in a given week who you're actually going to line up with when the whistle blows on Sunday, Saturday night, Monday night, whenever the game goes. 
So, you know, you know, surrounding the most important positions with depth and talent is something you're always going to need to do, but it's been more and more prevalent here with COVID. But you get into the situation where it's an Eric Stokes, a Rashawn Gary, guys who weren't maybe highly in the pecking order, but you've got them, they've excelled, and it's allowed Green Bay to be where they are. Absolutely. I mean, what one thing COVID does is it provides opportunity for a lot of people. You're going to see truly what your depth is like, you know, because you, you like you say, your, your starter might be gone and it's time for your backup to step up. Like, did we invest that much into our backups this year? In other words, we really just gun hole on our starting 22 guys. So I think with the, with the emergence of COVID and what it's doing to people is really forcing players or teams to really think about who their backups are. And that's why you see all these guys getting signed and all these guys really stacked at certain positions because, yeah, COVID can wipe out your whole starting lineup and now you got to play a game with backups. I mean, like, come think about it, like the Browns last against the Raiders. I mean, we – we were out so many guys, but it was so many guys that had to step up, but a good thing that they developed them well. And that's kind of where it's at. Where how how well are we developing our backup guys? How well do they know the playbook? Are they able to come in, step in, and be able to make plays and not miss a beat? And that's what you want. And that's obviously what Green Bay has going on. Cause I mean, they've been affected not not to the degree of the Browns, but they have been affected as well. Yeah. And, you know, as we hear from Joe Burrow and you know some of these other places, look, if there isn't much to do in the NFL city where you play, um, the opportunity maybe for your team to stay a little bit more healthy is, you know, a little bit better of an opportunity. Um, and with Green Bay, this seems to be the thing year in, year out. And I, I don't, you know, for anybody, you know, who still wants to talk about it, Aaron Rodgers, I, I don't ever see him leaving Green Bay. I don't see a scenario <laughs> where he leaves Green Bay because, you know, when you take 35 to 40 plus million dollar cap space to another team, guess what? You're not going to have some of the things you might have with the team you currently have. Um, but for him, and I'm sure this has got to be in his mind, it, it's one more Super Bowl. I mean, because it's one thing to have the what you want to get yourself put on with the elite of the elite of the quarterbacks in this league. And when you're doing that, it's basically you want to be showing up that whole handful of mm-hmm. rings, not just necessarily <laughs> talking about one. You know what? I think I, I tell you what, <laughs> last season, Last season, I think the reason that they didn't get to the Super Bowl was kind of his fault, I think. On that third down play, he should have scrambled, in my personal opinion. I I don't know. I'm no expert here. But I think he should have scrambled. And if he didn't score, he would have at least got them to, what, fourth and maybe two, maybe? And they would have made it a better option to score. So I think him not doing that really is weighing heavy on him. And I think that's why he's going all out. You know, I think they – they tried to make it sound like it's going to be the last dance for him and Devontae. But I think what we seen with the last dance is that, you know, there was a lot of effort and a lot of time put into that. And they ended up in ending their season winning the championship. And I think that's kind of where their mindset is at. You know, they want to do everything they can to get to that, that Super Bowl. And I, right now, the way they've been playing, I will say they are looking very good. I, I kind of see them doing a repeat against the Buccaneers again and another uh, – NFC championship game. And if it does come down to it, I think Aaron Rodgers is definitely going to take off a run this time. I think he's not going to make that mistake again, and let alone try to lose to Tom Brady again. Well, the interesting thing is going to be for Tampa, though, because obviously the weapons are really, really starting to dwindle down. Chris Godwin season over. Mike Evans dinged up. Antonio Brown. And look, he can try to say whatever you're trying to say down there in Tampa Bay. Uh, You're going to play Antonio Brown because you need to play Antonio Brown. I'd rather you just say it 
as opposed to, you know, you're trying to say, oh, well, we're okay. And he's done what we've after him. Da, da, da. Look, just say we need him. I mean, people would have more respect <laughs> for you. I mean, you're, you're, people always have more respect for you if you're just going to be flat out honest about stuff. Yeah, you don't need to try. Yeah. And look, I mean, nobody cares. It's, you know, it's cutthroat. It's all about winning championships. We get it. But, you know, don't try to, you know, sit us down where like we're four year olds and you're trying to teach us a moral here. There ain't no damn moral. We all know that. Um, we're going to get to one more thing here with Tyvis. And we go through this every time about this year. Once coaching opening start. And I know we did it in 2019 with Baker. Hmm, with Lincoln Riley. Want to come to Cleveland? You know, is this something you want to do? And there's factors of it. There is. You know, a lot of college coaches, the last thing that I want to do is go sit in 75 living rooms through a calendar year and, you know, convince you know, some young man's mom that, you know, <laughs> my school's the best for you and we're going to do everything for him. And then now, of course, obviously a whole new world um, with the NIL. And now you see places like Jackson State taking in the number one recruit at a position, which yeah. is just crazy, crazy in its service. <laughs> and we'll see how this all plays out over the next couple of years. But we're going to get to Jacksonville and some thoughts here from Tyvis on maybe you know what the issue is and maybe just how difficult it truly is for uh, somebody who's been so comfortable in the college game to try to take it up to the next level. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away and on location. The official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star L.A. hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl 56 on location. Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use the mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code LOCKED ON, all caps, no space, to receive your 50% welcome bonus. For basketball, football, the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new and amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. Tyvis, years ago, a young Tyvis Powell was recruited by an Urban Meyer-led coaching staff to the Ohio State University. National championship. Uh, I don't know if anybody remembers. There was a defensive player of the game in that game. I don't remember who that guy was. Some like eight, <laughs> nine tackles. My man had a hell of a day. But, you know, then obviously, you know, Urban, the health, whatever. And, you know, Urban's had his brief runs of great success at many universities. Um, it seemed crazy at the time because at the time we weren't sure, you know, where Urban's health was as far as being able to go back to the sidelines Jacksonville Jaguars, look, this is a team that's forever in need of a splash. Um, something to, you know, I mean, there's always, every time there's rumors of, you know, is there going to be a team in England? You know, it always seems, you know, like, like the oh, we'll give them Jacksonville, that type of thing. <laughs> so forever trying to face, change the face of this franchise. You had the number one pick in hand. 
you look to make a splash with your head coaching signing. Everything pointed to Trevor Lawrence, which for me was the first mistake that I saw going because everything Urban has succeeded with at the quarterback position. I look at Trevor Lawrence and I'm like, well, this doesn't make any sense because this is not the type of quarterback he's been comfortable with. Um, but you get him in there and you get him in that situation. Amber, let's start with this. What's like the biggest and toughest adjustment going from campus life, going to NFL life? I mean, first and foremost, I mean, you know, you've got you're going with, you know, from kids to grown men, but the age difference really isn't that much <laughs> as much as maybe the monetary difference between, you know, in that age time. But talk about just the first, the biggest basically difference between leading 100 or so 18 to 21 year olds to leading 53, you know, 22 and up full grown men who make a lot of money. Well, I think the number one thing is you understand the importance of it. I mean, when I was a rookie, I mean, obviously we had fun in college, you know, we came in and, you know, we, we did our thing at Ohio state, we won games and stuff like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we weren't really full grown men. We were still kids developing to men. When you go to the NFL, these is men with families. These is men that's fighting to provide for their families. So the, the seriousness of it, turns up a lot you know they are really invested in this i remember being in seattle um we, it was a blowout game i can't remember who was playing but it was a blowout game and they put the backups in and they started like throwing like a bunch of yards on the backups and they was like the starters was like hey y'all can't be doing this like we worked our our butts off to try to because we want to be the number one defense. So it's like, y'all can't be out here BSing around. Like, y'all got to come out here and be serious about this because we y'all messing up our stats. So that's when I was like, man, this is really serious. Like, y'all y'all really locked in and stuff like that. So I think it's just the seriousness of it and uh, um, the approach to, to winning games is totally different in the NFL than it is in college. Because in college, you, you'll win just because you, you're more talented than them. You know, in the NFL, all the talent is the same. You know, you got to physically, you got to either out-scheme the team, you got to, like, make less mistakes than the team. Like, it, that stuff matters in the NFL. Now, your initial thoughts, you know, f finding out Urban not only is getting back in the game, but he's going to the NFL. Like, what were your first thoughts? And, look, he had success everywhere he went, so it was kind of understandable somebody would give him a shot but you and obviously, you know, the company you keep and, you know, all had spent you know a, a good amount of time with him around a program, you know, was your first inkling of, you know, all right, this is really good. Or, you know, there might be some potholes here for coach. My first initial reaction was that it, it's going to be an uphill battle for him because like, like, okay, in college, you can tell people what to do. Like it, it's like, cause they're kids. So, you know, you, you either, it's my way or the highway type thing in college. You know, if you don't want to be here, you'll sign your transfer. We gave you $150,000 ship, $150,000 scholarship, son. You don't like it. You can go to Rutgers. Yeah. You're going to do what we're going to do. You're going to do what we're going to tell you to do. We just transfer you up out of here. So, you know, that's kind of the, that, that was already that. But when you get to the NFL, it's like, bro, like, I've been here longer than you. Like, how you going to, I, I'm an all pro in my position. How you going to tell me how I'm supposed to do my job? Like, I've been the best at what I do. I've been in the Pro Bowl. Like, who are you to come in here and try to change the culture and tell me how I'm supposed to do my business? So I already knew that it would be some push and pulls with that. And the thing about Urban's culture and his style of coaching is that, is very effective and is not bad if you're winning games. 
The problem in Jacksonville is that they weren't winning games and it they felt probably they probably felt like they were miserable. They felt like they wouldn't have fun anymore because it, it at it, at points of time to his coaching style, it does seem like that. And I think that all of that just intertwined together where it was just like, man, listen, it, this is a loss. We should just cut our losses now. And I think that's ultimately what it came down to. The players just wasn't responding to what he was selling. And like I say, it, it is difficult to buy into because it's totally different than the normal thing or any normal approach that a coaching style does. But if you do buy into it and you fully believe in it and you see the success, it does work. You think the opportunity for him would have been better if it was a team that maybe had more footing underneath them was maybe a little bit more established. Um, Cause I know, and I've, you know, I've, I've spoken with a couple of Jacksonville Jaguar players. The problem is, is you, you don't want to, when you know you're dead last in the league or second to dead last in the league, last thing you want to be do is be reminded of it morning, noon and night by those above you who are supposed to be leading you. <laughs> and I know that's, you know, some of the issues you think he would have fared better if he was put in a, you know, w- with a team that maybe was in a better position to succeed. Yeah, I mean, if I think he, yeah, you, you, this is a, like I said, this was a guy who went to a, I mean, when we go to Ohio State or Florida, like those are places that get top recruits. So, you know, it's, and I mean, he was a heck of a recruiter himself. So he was able to persuade people. I mean, and people wanted to go, go to those colleges anyway. So it wasn't that hard of a sale. When you're in Jacksonville, you just kind of take what you get, you know, and like I said, Jacksonville, what they won one game last season. So they weren't the greatest team period and like i said i think he was it would they i think the idea of him going to jacksonville was to him to come in and establish a whole new culture which he typically does at every college that he goes to he sets the law down and people just fall in line and i think when you go to the nfl and you deal with these grown men they don't have to fall in line because it's like they've been here longer than you and they've already like nobody wants to go nobody wants to go through change like if my if what I'm doing is already working and it's it's proven that it's working for me that I'm going to continue to stick with what I know but if you try to come here and change my routine and what I got going I'm not going to obviously I'm not going to listen to it all the way right away unless I find some success in it which they were not which is why I think that's all it just blew up you think this is the end of the road for Urban Meyer, or is it ba- is it back to TV, or do you think as far as sideline work coaching, you think this is probably the end for Urban Meyer? Well, I I, I think in the NFL, yes, but I think I don't think it's the end of him coaching. I think he probably will go back to college. But I, I did I appreciated him on TV. I thought he did a, actually a, a excellent job on TV. He did better than I thought he would, and he was actually very entertaining to watch. And I, he definitely said some things on TV that was realistic and people needed to hear but if he doesn't go back to that at this very moment right now i don't think he needs to do anything i think he needs to you know wait a year or two and let let his name cool off because right now it's hot as fish grease right now and it's very (laughs) negative it's very negative right now so i think he just needs to fade to black for a little bit and then i think he should start by trying to you know do some analytic stuff for a college team and then once a better opportunity opens up one of these nice head one of these nice colleges like a USC or something like that, then I think he should jump on that. Yeah. And, and the thing is in what, where I, you know, appreciate him as far as, you know, being an analyst was, is you look at a lot of what football is now, 
you know, and everywhere he went, you know, you had a quarterback involved that could run the ball and do everything. And this is what everybody's trying to do now, just to have this complete and utter balance on the offensive side of the ball, which makes it so much more difficult to fend. Obviously, Tim Tebow, there was always mobile guys with you guys up in Columbus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for him, you know, that's a that's a style that everybody's trying to get to. And that's something that Urban was always doing. Tyus, three games to go for the Cleveland Browns. And crazy enough, this does this game still doesn't matter Saturday in Green Bay. They can still find a way. And we're not talking wild card anymore. And this is the craziest thing. Um, it's going to come down most likely. I don't think it, you know, they might only get one out of the AFC North, and it's probably going to have to be to win a division. You think the Browns could find a way to somehow, and this is, would even be even better, you pull this off, you're hosting a playoff game in First Energy. You think there's a way that <laughs> works out for them? No, no, I the thing about Cleveland, the Browns is this. I will say this. <laughs> Every time that the world has counted them out or something negative has happened, they've always responded and played lights out. And right now, the world is counting them out. And their back is against the wall. And they have no choice but to fight their way out. And every time they've done that, I think it's just the fact that they're in Cleveland because that's just how Cleveland is. I mean, if you got to fight and earn everything and nothing is given in Cleveland. So I think them being here and them having that mentality, they're in the perfect position to still be able to make the playoffs and still have everything they want. They just have to find a way to win this game tomorrow or whenever. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, against yes, Green Bay. They, they got to yes, win the game tomorrow. <laughs> and if they can do that, it will put the league on notice because I think they can – I know for a fact that they can beat Pittsburgh and they've already beaten Cincinnati. So they definitely can do it. They just it, – they had to take it one week at a time and they got to find a way to get tomorrow. If they can get through tomorrow, the sky's the limit for them. And even though a lot of the guys and a lot of the key factors didn't play Monday against the, the Raiders, I think there was a lot to be taken from that, Of you know, as far as, you know, chips being down and, you know, getting back to the just basics of, you know, I'm here for you. You're here for me. 11 for 11, 22 for 22. Everybody basically looking out and having each other's backs. I think, you know, a lot of that probably came from that victory. And if you saw social media, you saw the guys who weren't available, how into it they were. Um, and basically just, you know, sticking with the rallying cry of, you know, you know, being as one as a team, we'll see. It's going to be a fun one. I mean, look, it's Christmas Day. It's going to be 4.30. Uh, make sure you get those presents opened early. Make sure you manipulate <laughs> how this food is coming out of the oven so you can get yourself all nice and comfortable. Tyvis, I do want to thank you for taking some time out here today. Uh, I want you to enjoy uh, Christmas with your family before next year when it's going to be two loads of presents under <laughs> that tree as uh, you guys welcome in another beautiful child. Uh, I want to thank you again for taking some time here. Happy holidays. All the best. Thanks. Same to you. Thank you for allowing me to be on your show. I really had a, a wonderful time. Thank you for allowing me to talk Browns talk, Buckeye talk, and Urban talk. It, it was been very fun, and I'm honored that you even allowed me to come on your show. No, no problem at all here, folks. We're going to uh, put this one slowly to bed here as we get ready. Um, close it on in. We're going to get you a post-game show, co- I mean, a pre-game show coming here uh, for the Packers game. Um, you guys know the drill. I appreciate everybody for being along for the ride. Everybody makes Locked On Browns your first listen day in, day out. With that being said, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns. <laughs>